CSN International presents to every man an answer, the live apologetics program that equips you to give a reason for the hope that lies within you. If you have a Bible question or a question on the Christian faith, you can call us at 1-888-827-5276. Again, that's 1-888-ASK-CSN. Let's get things started. Here's today's host, Mike Kessler. Hi, and welcome to Friday's edition of To Every Man and Answer. As we wrap up this week, once again, want to invite you to church on Sunday. Yeah, we're going to go through, and as we continue to go through, the book of Acts chapter 19. Last week, we talked about the seven sons of Sceva, knowing about God, but not knowing him personally. And we found that there was no power in their life when it came to the real issues of life. We want to just encourage you to come this Sunday. If you're unable to attend in person, you can pick it up on the radio or on the internet anywhere in the world. And uh, again, 1030 Mountain Time in person, 10 o'clock. We'd love to see you here and uh, have that fellowship with you. Always a great time when we get together. Joining me today, special guest we have with us, Brad Dacus from Pacific Justice Institute. Hi and welcome, Brad. Oh, hello, Pastor Mike. Great to be on the program. I'm so glad you're so active all the time. Now, normally, Brad's in his studio. For those that are trying to watch us on um, the different media outlets that we're on, and you just see his picture, this is because Brad is in Texas doing something really, really incredible. Brad, tell us about how we're getting pastors, maybe I should say, uh, Bible onto the campuses in Texas. Yeah, you know, we at Pacific Justice have... So many resources to enable churches and pastors to, and parents and students to evangelize in public schools. But, uh, but the state of Texas uh, decided to do something very bold, and that is to enact a law that actually allows for chaplains, paid chaplains, uh, to come on school campus, and they can be alongside or in place of school counselors. Uh, this was a major breakthrough. No other state in the country has passed something like this. Uh, we were called in uh, by the, the bill's authors and uh, the, the ministry behind it. Uh, I testified before the uh, state legislature and the uh, state house, state senate, and to assure them that uh, it is constitutional. And uh, so they uh, they decided to they've approved it by supermajority, both the state house and state senate in the state of Texas. Uh, you know, it's just the total opposite of what we have with the legislature in California. You know, when I'm in California with the legislature there. I feel like I'm in the, uh, you know, the, the seven-year tribulation, you know. the And then when I come to Texas and I testify there, I feel like I'm uh, age. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's night and day. Uh, well, anyway, uh, it passed. It became, was uh, kicked into law on September 1st, and I flew out here. Uh, not only to celebrate, but to encourage people here in uh, in, in Texas uh, to support it and to uh, consider recruiting people to be chaplains to fill all those vacancies in all those public schools throughout the state of Texas. Um, you know, places that have had adopted it, like in Puerto Rico and other places, they've seen suicide go way down, uh, drug usage way down, graduation rates way up huge impact by having someone on campus that is a, a heart and love for the Lord and, uh, and, and stays, and of course, uh, does not openly proselytize, but stays within the boundaries uh, of a chaplain, and, uh, which is very, very impacting. That's so incredible. I mean, that, that 
we, we see one state, as an example, California, just tanking. And then you see a state like Texas, um, uh, just complete opposite reversal. And, and so what a blessing uh, that, that we see there. And, and uh, exciting times we're in, Brad, and I'm so glad you took time out of your extremely busy schedule to be with us today, answer questions. And again, Brad represents people like you and me, organizations, and uh, from an overreach of, of um, wrongly interpreted laws. And uh, Brad has came to the rescue of many, many people who lost their jobs because they were forced to get vaccinated. Many people who have, have been treated unfairly because of city council meetings and things like this, favoring one group or one ideal over another one. And so, Brad, I'm so glad you're with us today. Look forward to <clears throat> answering some questions with you. And again, we're in exciting times and uh, again, 8888-ASK-CSN is the number to call if you want to be the part of the program today. And if you've got a question for Brad considering concerning legal issues, hey, that's where we're here. Before we go to the phones, Brad, is there any other thing going on there that's uh, 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 very, very uh, important that, that you know of? I mean, we have, uh, of course, the Trump trials. We have the lack of trials against Joe Biden for the undertable money from China. Uh, again, I don't know how you can pay off presidents under the table and get away with it, but I guess they do. Your thoughts? Oh, you're absolutely right. Uh, we don't have an equal application of the law or enforcement of the law. Uh, it's very obvious, very blatant. Um, and the usage of our courts in a, in a manner that is uh, obviously for political reasons, and that's not just you and I talking, that's what the overwhelming majority of all Americans believe as well, that it's being done for political reasons. And uh, I'm, I'm a little concerned because if there's a gag order against Trump to not talk about you know, the trial, uh, I don't think he's going to comply with it. I think he's going to be very outspoken. He's going to express his opposition to the tyranny. And if the, the judge, who's very biased and very hostile, uh, orders him to be put behind bars for violating the gag order, um, we could see our nation in a very, very dire uh, position. Um, so let's hope and pray that um, that uh, the, the tyranny doesn't extend itself to the to the breaking point. Um, so, but uh, we've got a lot of stuff going on, lots of cases, defending a lot of people being discriminated because of their faith in the workplace. We're dealing with a lot of uh, parents dealing with school districts that are violating the parents' rights and lying to parents and, and pushing things that parents wouldn't want for their children. Uh, it's a, it's a, it's a to, very topsy-turvy, and yet at the same time we have, uh, Pastor Mike, we have all these states, red states like Texas and Florida and others, that are going gangbusters and adopting great legislation for religious freedom, for parental rights, and the, the sanctity of human life. Um, it's an exciting time we live in, and it's not to be complacent by any means. I know. It's so, so important in these days that we live in to get, again, that biblical worldview and then vote for that biblical worldview. Again, as I tell everybody, read Romans chapter 1. It'll help you in these foggy times of oftentimes what is good, what is wrong, what is right. Who knows? I'm cool. You're cool. No, read Romans 1. It'll really give you a good insight and uh, really clarify a lot of things we need to know in our lives. Going to the phones now, we have John on the line, Newport, Washington. Hi, welcome. Hi, how you doing? Good. How may we help? I had a question on uh, 
Christians using nicotine and, and drinking, for example, um, I myself struggle with nicotine a little bit. I used to smoke cigarettes growing up, and I gave that up. And uh, you know, I used chewing tobacco for years. And uh, as, as I was a born again Christian, and I read the Bible and got baptized and gave my life to the Lord, it, it still had this desire to chew, and it, it it never really went away. And I'm just wondering now, at this point in my life. Does it make a difference? I mean, I don't see anything about that in the Bible other than, you know, you should you should treat your body well and, and not, uh, you know, chewing obviously is bad for your health, but it doesn't call out anything like that specifically. And I'm wondering if this is weighing on my heart. Is this something, you know, from the enemy making me feel like I'm inferior because I can't give up this habit? Or is this the Holy Spirit telling me, hey, you you need to actually give this up, you know, or does it, does it not matter either way? I mean, is it different for every person? I just kind of lost on it. Well, well, John, the Bible says we're the temple of the Holy spirit. And I think that we would not want to defile that. And certainly we know what, uh, in particular smoking does to a person. I mean, they absolutely know it causes cancer. And I, I suppose you could go to any cancer ward in the United States and especially people with lung cancer and say, do, do you wish you would have stopped smoking, you know, 20, 30 years ago? And they'll all tell you yes. Um, and uh, because once once that brings you down, uh, there's little they can do to fix it. You know, you look at, as an example, Johnny Carson, that famous uh, late night talk show host. Um, uh, he retired. He had lots of money. And uh, he was out on his yacht. And... Uh, he got out of the water and he was short breath. And he goes, what's wrong? He goes, I don't know. I just can't catch my breath. He goes and he said, I noticed I'd been coughing a lot. He went to the doctor and they diagnosed him with lung cancer and he didn't live long. Uh, and, and so it doesn't matter how much money you have. Um, uh, what we do to our temples is really important. And that goes whether we drink or smoke or whatever it is we do to ourselves. The Bible says all things are lawful, but not all things are the best for us. And I think we need to be really careful what we do with our bodies because we still have to live in them. And and living in your body with lung cancer and these different things, man, it can really, really be rough if we if we allow ourselves to do that. Now, again, we want to be wise as serpents, harmless as doves. We don't want to allow ourselves to be overtaken by these things. Um, The Bible, of course, very clearly says in Ephesians 5, be not drunk with wine where in excess, but be be filled with the Spirit. So we know that getting drunk is wrong. But I believe slowly poisoning yourself and paying money to poison ourselves is kind of the, the, kind of the, uh, kind of really bad logic. I mean, I mean, we pay money to, bring carcinogens into our body that our body has a hard enough time fighting off all the other, you know, artificial ingredients in all of our food. Now we're subjecting it to nicotines and all these other things. Um, And uh, you can talk to people that uh, chew tobacco and they're missing their part of their jaw because of of, uh, mouth cancer. So I I just really think wisdom would tell us, hey, you know, um, you know, going 120 miles an hour in a Corvette's fun too, but uh, you probably pay a lot of parking tickets if you don't get in a wreck and get killed. There's a lot of things that are a thrill or something our body likes 
but aren't the best for us. And I would say this goes the same thing for people that sit down at night and polish off a gallon of ice cream. Uh, it's not good for you. You know, we the Bible talks about moderation, and we need to we need to be in balance. Your thoughts, Brad? Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, we need to be in balance. Uh, we want to take care of our bodies. Uh, when we have an addiction, that's a, a, a warning sign right there that um, that that's something controlling us. And uh, you know, and then you know, you know, we can uh, you know, also look for for healthy substitutes, you know, uh, as well. Sometimes there's, there's our healthy substitutes, but, um, but, but yeah, it's, uh, it's something that we, we don't want to be controlled by it. We know it's, it's not good for us. Uh, we, I know people who've had lip cancer and throat cancer and, you know, in the mouth, um, cancer and, um, and it's, uh, so it's, it's, it's something uh, to, to look at. It's, uh, you know, we have to rely on, on the Holy spirit. It's, I tell people, you know, myself included, when dealing with addictions or things that are compelling us and it's, it's difficult or it's a struggle, uh, if we uh, cling to the Lord and we grow closer to the Lord in our walk with the Lord, um, God gives that extra grace sometimes to, to go beyond what we think we can. So I hope that helps. Dealing with addiction. Yeah, I hope that helps. It, it does. If I could just a quick follow-up on that, if you don't mind. Yeah. It's, I'm also struggling. How do you tell the difference between, uh, you know, something that's from the Holy Spirit or something that's from the enemy? If, you, if you're if you're feeling like you're compelled in a certain area, you know, how how can you tell when God's talking to you or when you're being tempted? Well, I, mean, I, I think does it does it follow does it follow God's word? Now, now listen. Just this is the way I look at things. If I was smoking heavy or uh, drinking heavy, I, I and and I felt this kind of conviction come on me, I would say maybe it's just God telling me to stop because I might get cancer, I might get liver cancer, I, I might get mouth cancer, I, I might get lung cancer. So I believe a lot of time God um, impresses on our heart certain things to get out of before it does the damage that it will do to us. And uh, again, you know, I mean, I wonder how many boxes of cereal they would sell if on the side of the box of cereal it said, uh, consuming this product will give you cancer. Uh, Nobody would buy it, or at least very few people, anybody that thinks or can read. So I I would say that it isn't isn't the devil beating you up saying, oh, no, you know, God still wants you to smoke and get, you know, drink. No, I don't believe that. I believe that if there's a compelling to get out of it, there's several things. One, it may have to do with your testimony. I, I, I don't believe smoking will keep a person from going to heaven or having a glass of wine with their spaghetti dinner is going to keep them out of heaven. But I do believe it can, it can damage our testimony to others who may have a problem with drinking, who may have a problem with, with trying to stop smoking. And so... We oftentimes talk about the great deliverance of Jesus Christ, but yet he hasn't delivered me from this. I believe God will. And I I think we step out in faith. I always tell people, if you do not buy them, you cannot smoke them. So step out in faith and and, and allow God to do that. And then do what I call in Ephesians 5, where it says, be not drunk with wine or in excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Well, you know, if you feel like smoking, if you feel like, Drinking, if you feel like chewing, 
Pick up your Bible and read it. Uh, just, just start reading. Read Philippians. That's a great place to read. It's a great encouragement. And then all of a sudden I realize that I don't have to do something to be something. I realize that I am who I am in Christ. And if we're getting our identity or our rushes from other things, I believe we need to realign our purposes with God. So again, I would just say, if you feel that coming on, just pick up a Bible, read in the book of Philippians, read a couple of verses, read a chapter, reread it several times, memorize it, and you're going to find yourself a, a, a free person because they are expensive. Cigarettes are horribly expensive. All that stuff is expensive. Hey, look at the money you save and, and, and foregoing lung cancer and all these other things down the road. I believe, I believe it's, it's an unction from God, not to condemn you, to beat you up, but an unction as a loving father would say to you, son, this isn't good for you. And, 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 and if we're wise, we'll listen. Now, we don't have to listen to God. We can keep doing that. But I believe here's the problem. You don't know the dangers down the road that that's going to present. So I, I, I always think when if I feel unctioned by God, I want to listen to what God says. I hope that helps. It does. Thank you very much. I appreciate it, guys. Love your show. Uh, yeah, keep up the good work. Thank you. God's good. Stay in line, John. If you like sending out the movie, Jesus, great for you, your family, and your friends. Lend it out. Get it back. Lend it out. It's a good thing. Stay in line. We'll get one to you. Let's go to Blair, Chico, California. Hi, welcome. Hi, Pastor Mike and Brad. Thank you so much for taking my call today. Um, long-time listener, second-time caller. And Mike, if I may, just before I ask my question, just a little testimony and a little God story. I had called... CSN like some 18 years ago. Wow. Um, my wife and I were married like um, almost nine years at the time. And we were getting at a point where just we're having a difficult time having children. And, and so I had called the station just to look for some guidance and different things like that. I remember the guys praying over me. And uh, anyhow, so, this, uh, so six adoptions later, fast forward 18 years, that kind of leads to our, my question. Um, so we homeschool our children right now. And or my wife, I should say, my wife does. Um, and uh, she was at her co-op. We'd actually do a co-op also in addition to that once a week. And they were showing a Bible project uh, slideshow or slide, whatever that is, by Tim Mackey. Mm-hmm. And my wife just had a, my wife just had a steering in her heart that just didn't didn't feel right. Um, I just happened to get home yesterday before two o'clock or back before three o'clock. Never happens. And she was sharing with me, and so. I've never heard of the Bible Project myself. I had thought I heard you guys talk about it before. Um, so I just wondered your thoughts on the Bible Project. And now, since then, I have been able, was able to do a little bit of research on that. Yeah. Um, so I'm kind of getting I'm kind of getting a good you know sense that maybe that's probably not a good um, thing to be showing to our kids. What's your, what do you guys think? Well, you know, I, I I when you're when you're dealing with children, a lot of times they're they're big scope of things is fairly limited. Now, there are some some errors, I believe, uh, that are uh, within, you know, that whole picture scene. Again, the Bible Project is, is um, well, one of the reviews is brilliant but flawed. Um, and it does explain Jesus, who he is, and all these things. But there are some things that are lacking in it. Now, if you can sit down with a child after they watch it and explain to them, 
Well, no, there are consequences for sin. Uh, different things like this. I, I believe that that it can be useful. Um, uh, you're going to find, I believe, certain things, no matter who does it, maybe including myself, uh, that people aren't going to 100% agree with you all the time. So what I, I think we have to do is we have to look and see what what um, what is going to be. And, I, you know, I, I mean, a person, I think if, if it was me, I, I would, you know, watch these cartoons that they make. Uh, and, and if it looks okay, meets, you know, with your doctrinal approval, uh, then I think it's fine. On the other hand, if there's things in there, if it's, if it's that of glaring, like, well, there's a lot of ways to, to heaven and Jesus is just one of them. Well, no. And they, they didn't say that, by the way. I just want to just put that in there. Um, but you're going to find sometimes these, these um, strides from the master's side a little bit in the way they interpret things. Um, and I think you just have to be very, very sensitive. Now, again, kids a lot of times have problems knowing, uh, you know, if they saw it, then, then they remember. It's like, I, I personally think it's much better than The Chosen. The Chosen is just a train wreck. And I know I'm making a lot of people mad right now, but it is another gospel. It is not the gospel of Jesus Christ. You got the doofus Jesus uh, uh, rehearsing the Sermon on the Mount in front of Mary, his mother. And she says, oh, you're a good son. And he says, mom, save the compliments in case I mess up in front of the crowd tomorrow. What? That is not the Jesus of the Bible. Here's the problem. Because most people don't read their Bible today. Most Christians don't. They believe what they see in the chosen, that's the gospel. That's the Bible. But it's not. It's not. Less than probably 5% is the Bible. you got disciples now getting married and all these different things going on, and it's turning into a, just a soap opera. That's another gospel. And it comes in, as all these weird doctrines do, uh, innocently at first, but then as it goes along, you find a completely different Jesus than you find in the Bible. So, Going back to the Bible project, we have to be careful of the same thing. You have to look at it, see what it is. Um, does that mean every issue of, of uh, the chosen was was bad? No, but it isn't. It isn't the the, the good things in 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 um, in your diet that kill you. It's the bad things. It's not the good things that you believe about the Bible that that mislead you. It's the bad things, and how much leaven. Does it take? Jesus said, "A leaven, let a leaven, leaven, leaven's the whole lump," and and so we have to be careful. So I think you have to look objectively, as a mature Christian, at what you're showing your children, whether it's the Bible Project or anything else, and see does this meet biblical? Is this is this uh, um, biblically sound? If it's not found in the Bible, it's phony baloney. And we have to understand that. And to take liberties and say, well, I'm trying to make Jesus more human. Whoa, wait a minute. I think the Bible tells us how human Jesus was. I don't think he needs help from people from Hollywood. 
And I believe this is where the problems come from. So no matter what it is that we watch or that which we feed upon, and this can go into uh, different books uh, that are written that have a little Bible truth in them and a whole lot of lies, as the cults are as well, I, I believe we just need to be very, very careful because we know, as Jesus said, as the days draw near to his coming, People are going to heap them to themselves, teachers having itching ear. People are going to depart from the gospel. And the Bible says when, when the Lord comes, will he find faith on the earth? What does that mean? Well, because we've, de, we, we've dethroned Jesus into just a, a superman, a, a, just a super guy. You know, rehearsing the Sermon on the Mount so we wouldn't mess up in front of the crowds? Oh, yes, friends, that is in the chosen. That is blasphemous. Jesus didn't rehearse his sermon. And and you've got, now, by the way, oh, but wait, there's more. So you got the disciples building the stage in the chosen in which Jesus is going to deliver the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, this is some weirdo gospel I've never heard of before. Yeah, but it helps people believe in God. Okay, what God is that? A God that can't say what he means? He has to rehearse it the day before? So we've got real problems here with all these different things. I'm not saying we don't want to have evangelism. I'm not saying we don't have, want to have Christian cartoons for kids. But for anything, anything, we need to look at it, what the Bible says. We're not here to, to represent anything other than than Jesus Christ and him crucified. That's why we're here. Now, how it applies and how we apply God's word to everyday life, everyday living, the way we vote, the friends we keep, these are all part of how God's word changes us, not the culture changing God's word. And that's the problem that I see with a lot of these programs is the culture is changing the Bible. Well, we're going to make the Bible, we're going to make Jesus more believable than, (laughs) yeah, he he was just one of the boys, man. No, no, he's not. He he was God. Fully man, fully God. And I think anything that tries to diminish that, I think we need to be very, very careful. God's going to judge the world someday, not from the chosen. He's going to judge it from what the Word of God says, the Bible. But I don't need to read the Bible because the, cho- the chosen gives me a, that spoon-fed meal I need. Hey, listen, everybody. No, you better go back and know what God's Word says, or you're going to be believing a lot of junk in these last days. Brad, when we come back, I want your opinion on this because I think it's so important. And we'll talk more about the Bible Project right after this. We'll be right back. Let's see. If something costs less but people are happier with it? That sounds like something to look into, and that's MediShare. Maybe you've heard switching to MediShare to pay for healthcare can save the typical family 500 bucks a month, and that's huge, but it's also true that people are way more satisfied after making the switch, too. The customer satisfaction rate for MediShare is double that of the typical health insurance plan. Double. MediShare works. It's been around for more than a quarter century, and members have shared more than $3 billion of each other's bills. People love having telehealth and a huge nationwide PPO network. So, yeah, you can save a ton and like it better 
Imagine being happy with how you're taking care of your health care. So if you're self-employed or part of the gig economy or you just want to plan you're happy with, you can call right now and get a price within two minutes. A very, very smart use of two minutes. Here's the number you need. 855-91-BIBLE. That's 855-91-BIBLE. 855-91-BIBLE. More than ever, pastors need to feel people's love and support. Over the last few years, many pastors have seriously considered leaving their church. But 1 Thessalonians 5.12 instructs all churches and all Christians to show and share their deep appreciation for those who minister to them. There is no better time to do this than Pastor Appreciation Month in October. And there's no better way to do it than using the easy as one, two, three, bless your pastor materials that are available for free at blessyourpastor.org. That's blessyourpastor.org. Plus, the great news is that if your church uses the 123 Bless Your Pastor materials, the pastors at your church will be offered a $300 scholarship application to attend a Family Life Weekend to Remember Marriage retreat. What a blessing this will be to your pastors and their spouses. For free materials, go to blessyourpastor.org. That's blessyourpastor.org. Part two of Terry Men and Answer here on this Friday afternoon. Once again, if you're in the Southern Idaho area, love to see you in church here at the River Christian Fellowship on Sunday morning. Starts at 10 o'clock. If you're enabled to attend in person, 1030 on the radio as we go through the book of Acts. We're in chapter 19 as we go through this incredible book, how God empowered his believers and how God empowers us today. So I'd love to see you here. And that's mountain time. And so... Uh, Uh, Wherever you're out in the world, just make that adjustment. You'll find us. Now, going back to uh, the phones, we had Blair on the line about the Bible Project. And I I, want to clarify something. I have not seen the Bible Project. I don't know um, that much about it. Uh, I just understand that there has been a controversy about it. Brad, your thoughts? Yeah, I haven't heard anything about the Bible Project either. So... Um, yeah, I, I can't even really, I can't comment on it, but I do think parents need to be very careful in uh, making sure that things such as like heresy, like you mentioned about the uh, the chosen, uh, does not creep in. Um, because, yeah, that was blatant heresy. Um, it, it's not to be taken lightly. Anything that uh, demeans that uh, or takes away from the fullness of who Jesus was and, and the deity of Jesus um, is serious stuff. Uh, the Bible Project, though, I have no idea what's what is, what's in it, and so I can't comment in, any more on that. So I hope that helps. I, I wish I, I I wish I was more familiar with it. I can't really comment, but I would say this for anything: check it out, make sure it lines up with God's word. If it doesn't, then I think you you have to either explain to the because if it's mostly really good, it's just a couple things need to be clarified. You can do that, but um, I I think you just have to look at all of it and make sure that. It's not a Trojan horse, you know, so hope that helps. Absolutely. Hey, thank you so much, Mike. I appreciate it. Blair, God bless you. And uh, I'm, I'm, you don't have to wait 18 years to call in. You can call in anytime. That's one of the good things. I'll send you out the movie, Jesus. I think you'll really enjoy it. Your, your kids will like it. And uh, stay in line. We'll get that to you. Let's go to Rhonda in Grand Junction, Colorado. Hi, welcome. 
Hi, Mike. Um, and Pastor. Um, so I have a friend who has a Catholic background. And can you hear me? Yes. Okay. And um, she has started doing a Bible study with me. She's very open. And the subject came up in the Bible study about how Satan is alive and well um, in our spirit world um, today and how things, how certain things that happen to people can be the result of, um, of him, so to speak. And this is all very new to her. She said, I've never heard anything like this before. Um, she's never heard of, of any uh, type of exorcism or um, anything to do with the demonic world. And so I'd like a resource for her um, outside of the Bible just so that she can learn She's very um, open. She wants to learn. But something that is solid um, and biblical and doesn't scare her to death. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, I, I mean, I always recommend the Bible. Uh, you can uh, certainly take her to Ephesians 6.12. And it says, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness in this present world. And uh, you can just let her read the next few verses after that, talking about uh, the devil being the prince of the power of the air. Uh, And I'm really amazed uh, how many people not only are ignorant of godly things, but that there's a real snare for all of humanity called the devil. The devil doesn't care if he if he tries to trip up Christians or destroy worldly people. See, all people were created in the image of God. We go find this back in Genesis 1.1. But when the devil, I believe, again, uh, heard that there was going to be a new group, a new whole uh, um, myriad of people created lower than, than than the angels, I don't think that bothered him a bit. But then in God's divine plan revealed that he was going to elevate this new creation above the angels and call him his bride. And I believe this is what caused Satan to revolt, as well as the third of the host of heaven revolted with him. And we find this, this um, attack on humanity everywhere. People say, well, you know, I'm not a Christian. The devil's on my side. Oh, no, he's not. He wants to kill you. He wants to destroy you. You know, you never see people, yeah, you know, ever since they got involved in drugs and, you know, uh, illicit things, man, they are doing so well. Man, I can't believe how together they are. No, you never find that. When the devil gets and offers you the trinkets of the world, whatever he can do to get your mind off of that you are a divine created being by God, You're in worse shape. And the devil just, I think, enjoys destroying human beings. I believe this is what abortion is about. I believe this is what all this crazy stuff we see with drugs and all these things in the world. The devil does whatever he can do to destroy humanity. We were created image image of God. And him knowing we're going to be elevated above the angels. 
I think this is what really, really caused this issue in Isaiah chapter 14, where he says, I'll ascend, Satan says, I'll ascend and, 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 and be as the most high. And you look at this and realize um, that um, what does he do in heaven? The Bible says he's the accuser of the brethren. He accuses them day and night. Um, Satan's access to heaven has not yet been revoked. His position has been, he was cast down. Jesus said, I beheld Satan fall like lightning. But his ability to go in and accuse the brethren, Jesus, the rest said, no, he, he still has that. And we find that is the case until about the middle of the tribulation. When there's a war in heaven, Satan and his angels fought, Michael and his angels fought, and Satan was kicked out, and there was never a place for him in heaven ever again to accuse the brethren. The Bible says he's going to come down to this earth full of wrath. He knows his time is short. And um, again, the world enters the worst, the worst that it's ever been on this planet. Now, you look at the horrific things of Nazi Germany. You look at the horrific things of, of uh, atomic warfare. You look at all these things, pales in what's going to be on this earth, where the Bible says by the end of the tribulation period, almost two-thirds of the world's population is dead. Now, when you think that there's 8 billion people on earth right now, boy, those numbers are pretty staggering. Uh, it makes COVID look like like a, 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 a you know, a summer cold. When you see the billions and billions of people that are going to be dead because of man's rebellion against God. And so uh, Satan fueling this, I believe, again, uh, I, you know, Brad, you probably know of perhaps some books uh, concerning spiritual warfare and uh, your thoughts. Oh, yes. Uh, I, I think it's it's uh, real important for people to uh, to understand and uh, accept what the Bible says with regard to, to Satan. Um, you know, he's not just a, he's not this animated character with a pitchfork and horns. And, uh, you know, no, he, it's he's very real. Um, and it's, it's a part of the, the challenge. Uh, it's, you know, we have our and then we have Satan and demonic challenges to us as believers. And we have to, uh, take it very, very seriously. And also, uh, if we take, try to take Satan out of the picture and say, well, that's just some, you know, wherever, um, then we're minimizing the spiritual war, uh, and, uh, and, 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 you know, lacking off and slacking off on, on uh, really the disciplines of the Lord. We understand how, how, how dark evil is and the existence of Satan. Uh, I believe a, a healthy response is for a Christian then to understand I need to cling to the Lord. God's force is God is God. Uh, but we need to, you know, be how is for us to be complacent and subject ourselves to the including so i hope that helps yeah you know um it surprised me because um my husband and i were introduced to this and we really learned um about satan's um power he's not omnipresent like god is but still he's very powerful and we learned it through some charismatic catholics so with her coming out of the Catholic Church, I was just very surprised. 
that she had absolutely no concept of any of this. Amazing. Yeah, and and myself, I grew up in a mainline church, and I know that it was never preached from that pulpit. And so I learned as a young adult, like I said, from some charismatic Catholics, but it concerns me that people do not have an awareness. This ought to be intertwined with that pastor's teaching, with what he gives his congregation every single Sunday, because people need to be aware and they need to be just, you know, they need to be on guard because he's alive and real. Uh, a, a good book, you know, if, if you want to look at one, uh, it's called This Present Darkness. And, uh, oh, I've heard of that. Yeah, I, I think that would be a real good one to, to perhaps, um, you, know, um, you know, get for her. Because, again, we really, you know, we, we don't battle against what, what we see, but against spiritual wickedness in high places. And, um, uh, but... Uh, it's by uh, Peretti, and um, um, uh, I think I think uh, Frank Peretti. Uh, I think it'd be a really good book. You can get it. There's any of your uh, any of your uh, you know Amazon kind of things or whatever they they have it, but uh, thrift books, different ones like that. But it's called This Present Darkness by Frank Peretti, and uh, I think it it would be a real eye opener for. Her. Source, and I will plan on getting that for her. Good. Well, I, I hope that helps, and I'll send you out a couple of books, a couple of DVDs, um, and uh, perhaps you can watch those with her. Uh, one called God of Wonders is really important because, um, again, person coming out of religion into a real relationship with Christ is a, is a real change. And so I'll get you some, some uh, things that will really help, Okay. And boy, I'll tell you, it's a beautiful thing to watch. It's just when somebody really is hungry and they want to learn more and they're just eating up everything that you give them, it's a beautiful thing to watch. Amen. It is. Uh, The hand of God is, is, you know, people have said to me, they said, well, why was God such a God of miracles in the Old Testament, the New Testament, and God doesn't do miracles anymore? Well, if you're in a church that believes the miracles ceased with the apostles, uh, you're going to have a pretty dead relationship with God. However, Hebrews 13.8 says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And the same miracle-working God that did miracles in the Old Testament did miracles in the New Testament. They did not cease in the last chapter of the book of Acts. God is still in the miracle-working business today. And I'm really glad to see, Rhonda, you get to see some of those great miracles of God's life-changing power. So uh, stay in line. We'll get those out to you, okay? You guys just make me smile. Thanks. Well, good. I'm glad. That, that's a good thing. And uh, Rhonda, stay on. We'll get those to you. And I know it'll be a blessing to you. Let's go to Sherry, San Jose, California. Hi, welcome. Hi. Hi, guys. Um, I, this, my question is for Brad. And thank you both for, Brad, thank you for coming every Friday. It's such a blessing. And thank you, Mike, for having him on. And oh, yeah. love listening to you both. So my question is, my next-door neighbors, um, it's an older couple. The husband is in his 90s. The wife is in her 80s. They're solid Christian believers. Um, they, they are both really, they, they've built things for missions. They've built orphanages. And so they're solid. Um, 
about a year ago, the man, he has a hip replacement and spinal stenosis. He fell and fractured his neck. Um, he didn't know it. He couldn't, he, there was no obvious breakage. The paramedics came to help her lift him off because he's too big for her to pick off the floor. And they insisted on taking him to the hospital. He didn't think he needed it. She didn't think they needed it. She's the most competent person I've ever met. She's the first coming of Martha Stewart. She's amazing. And she, she's been taking care of him. And she took care of her first husband when he had ALS, and he died of that years and years and years ago. So they took him to the hospital, insisting he should get checked out, and that it would be so much easier if he was just, you know, at the hospital resting, had a neck brace, and everything would be hunky-dunky. He'd be out in a couple weeks. It's been a year. It's been a year. When he got there, he got covid he got a hospital-acquired fungal infection in his lungs. He got pneumonia. They put him on a ventilator. He lost most of his kidney function because of the fungal medication destroys your, your kidneys. She goes every day, almost every single day, like at least five days a week, four hours a day at least, and she stays on top of everything. She's a, a meticulous note-taker, and she has saved him a million times. There's been all kinds of little things. So the reason I'm calling is they're trying to get her to sign him into hospice care. He's sharp as a tack. He's still asking her to remember to pay this bill and that bill. And, you know, has she done this? Has she done that? And but they, they're, they're doing a squeeze play on her financially. They're doing these little sneaky maneuvers. They moved him out of her area. So we're in San Jose, and they moved him up to the San Francisco um, care place, Kent Field or something like that, and supposedly for the purpose of getting him out of his wheelchair and off the ventilator. They were going to do therapy. They haven't done anything. They barely even attempted anything, and there's a sign next to his bed that says, do not wean him off the ventilator. Mm. So he's on dialysis. His, he has partial kidney function, and she's almost gotten him off the ventilator herself working with the respiratory therapist but they're trying to pressure her into signing this hospice thing or financially destroy her. They're, they want to put him in a, another care home that's even farther away that will cost her 30000 a month out of pocket, and she's spending all this money on Uber, thousands a month, going every day to see her husband up there because she can't drive in San Francisco in her 80s. She's very competent. She's very, she's very sharp, but she doesn't feel comfortable driving. So she's being destroyed financially, and they're pressuring her. They said they spent over $3 million on his care, and they want her to sign the thing just to let him go home and die. Okay, Brad, your thoughts? Well, this is, uh, this is a tragic uh, situation, as you described it. Uh, it's interesting is they, they want him to go home and die, so he still needs medical care and treatment. Is that correct? Yeah, so he's, he has partial kidney function. He needs dialysis three times a week, and he's on a ventilator. His wife is sure she can get him off based on, and this woman, if she says it, I believe it. Um, she's gotten him yeah. off the ventilator for a very short time. So basically they're saying we will let him come home only if you agree to a hospice agreement, no dialysis, and, and we'll give him comfort care, and I think he'd be allowed the ventilator, but basically he would die of kidney failure. Yeah, no dialysis? That's outrageous. Um, yeah, I'm really so sorry to hear this. Unfortunately, American medicine 
Western medicine has really changed dramatically in that uh, there's so many examples and so many cases um, where they're just trying to expedite deaths to save them money, especially if they don't see any more money coming in. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's very tragic. Uh, the sanctity of life is, has, uh, issue has permeated through this. Um, and uh, so bottom line is uh, I, I, would have, I would seek uh, counsel from someone with a specialty in elder care. Uh, and I would also call the, the, uh, the, the state of California has uh, a division that you can talk to uh, about that as far as elder care. But uh, to cut off dialysis is basically to kill it, as you've described it. Um, and that is a misusage, total misusage of uh, hospice. Um, so, I, you know, if, if you're talking about someone who had, you know, cancer and they're about to die and it's, you know, there's nothing else they can do and, they want to make things comfortable for them, uh, you know, with medication at home. That's that's, you know, that's uh, one thing. But this is the, the hospital precipitating his death by denying something that could extend his life. Uh, so I, I would I have serious concerns about that. Um, that's that's what I would do. Talk to someone with specialty in elder care, and also call the uh, the state of California's uh, division that uh, that addresses that. Uh, issues of uh, elder abuse in, 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 in this uh, situation. Is there anything legally she needs to do? Um, yeah, I, I'm not, a, I, I can't give specific counsel on that as far as, uh, you know, I, I would, I would say she needs to talk to an attorney who has expertise in, in elder care. I will say though, right off the bat, uh, I, I have a red flashing lights on this because, of the fact that if it's true, they just want to cut off dialysis so he dies, uh, that is, uh, that's not acceptable. And I think that's uh, something that should be challenged. She's right. There is a problem. Um, and I would not sign the documents for uh, hospice care under those conditions at all. There you have it, dear. I hope that helps. Now, I know that, that you guys worked on the brain-dead toddler case for Kaiser back in around 2017. Um, would, so I know that sometimes you do cover medical stuff. What's the difference? Um, yeah, as far as what we're talking about here, um, I, I, would, I, I would love to, to, to serve. I'd love to, uh, to, to look into it. Um, but I, at the same time, uh, I want to make, make it clear that I think that she needs to also, at the same time, she needs to contact uh, the state um, of California, and uh, and also, you know, for that matter, I would also uh, I would go ahead and contact our office in uh, Sacramento, talk, uh, ask for uh, the legal department. Um, Kevin or Matt, I think, would be probably the best to talk to about this, um, and so we can we can go up from there. But it seems like it's it's a it's an immediate, urgent uh, issue that they're trying to force her to sign a document, so. You know, we'd be happy, of course, to talk to her and look into that. We've we've helped people who are attempted to be uh, who are basically put on dialysis and attempt to be killed before the past. So yes, definitely, we'd be more than happy to to look at this. And uh, but um, she needs to get either it's not us. It's uh, she needs to get uh, legal care, uh, legal counsel, um, and I encourage her to contact us at Pacific Justice Institute. Uh, PJI.org is the website. And uh, she can also contact our direct number, which is 
6900 um, But whether it's PJI or someone else, uh, an attorney who specializes in elder care, she needs to, to move on that immediately. And I would definitely advise her not to sign those documents. I hope that helps. And uh, again, Sherry, you know, I think you just need to uh, just really, really do your best to, to help them because uh, they're, they're in the forest. They need someone to navigate. <laughs> they can't see the trees anymore. So um, be those eyes and ears for them. Sherry, if you like, stay online. I'll send you out the movie Jesus. And again, I would uh, go ahead and give PJI a, a call. I think they'll, they'll help you, okay? All right. Thank you so much, guys. Blessings to you, and thanks Thank so you. much for the call. And let's go to Madison, Dallas, Texas. Hi there. Um, I hope you all are doing well. I had a question um, for Brad, and if you know anything as well, um, Pastor Mike, about um, any further developments for Hawaii and the Lahaina situation out there. I know the locals are really being taken advantage of by their government, and they're kind of being abandoned. Oh yeah, they don't even know where the mayor is. I guess, or the, you know, it's 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 pretty tough. Yeah, Mayor Green is not um, helping them at all, and in fact, he's probably doing more negligent harm. But I didn't know if Brad um, knew of any legal resources that um, are extending to those people to offer them any kind of help, or if you know anything as well, Pastor Mike. Well, I, I haven't heard anything of late other than uh, the recovery work is extremely slow. It seems that a lot of it is extremely disorganized. Um, and um, Brad, what have you heard? Yeah, it's exactly. Um, and uh, I mean, the, the, the fire itself, as we look backward in the rearview mirror, but nonetheless, as we look backward, we see um, there were some terrible uh, things that, that happened. Uh, uh, governmental, at first they were blaming the power company, and now uh, they realize that they actually made some huge blunders that cost lives, and uh, it's, it's tragic. A uh, big concern that I have, frankly, is the, uh, is the attempts by say, the, the government or uh, outside entities uh, to try to seize the property of uh, of those people who had their their homes or businesses uh, burned down and destroyed, uh, those individuals have uh, full rights to their property. Uh, they cannot uh, it cannot just be uh, uh, taken. The, the the Fifth Amendment takings clause gives specific protections uh, for private property owners, and and if they did even attempt to use eminent domain, which I believe was would be out of line and, and, and unconstitutional, they would still have to compensate with uh, the, the fair uh, market per present value. But um, I'm, I'm just concerned there's going to be a, a, a lot of people who are going to be pushed and pressured to sell their property. Uh, and it's, uh, it would be a, a, a terrible uh, abuse of the situation and, and, and potentially a violation of individual property rights. Yeah. Uh, so that's, that's, that's my concern. Yeah. So um, that's about what we know, Madison, and, and uh, we need to keep praying for all of you in Maui and Hawaii. We're praying for you. We love you. And uh, have a safe weekend. Hope to see you Sunday. Thanks, Brad, for being on. God bless you all. To find out more about this ministry or to receive a copy of today's program, please call 1-800-357-4226 or write us to Every Man and Answer, P.O. Box 391, Twin Falls, Idaho, 83303. That toll-free number is 1-800-357-4226.
Subscribe to the free podcast on iTunes by searching for To Every Man and Answer in the iTunes store or visit us online at csnradio.com slash T-E-M-A. To Every Man and Answer is a production of CSN International, the Christian Satellite Network. The opinions expressed by our guests may or may not be those of CSN International or of this station. 